Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cutting Dry Stories, where the episodes are short and sometimes sweet, just like the half servings of milky tea we call Cutting Chai back home in India. I'm your host, Jayati Vora, and today we're going to continue talking about how to make your online copy more scannable. If you don't know what I'm talking about, hit pause and go listen to last week's episode where I introduced the subject and where I covered the writing focus tips. In short, people tend to skim online content, so when you have important information you want them to pay attention to, you can do certain things that hook their attention. Today, the tips I'd like to talk about include how you format your copy. Now, this is something that I didn't pay, used to pay that much attention to. I thought it was fluffy, not as worthy of my notice as the actual writing part of it. And it's true that good formatting can never compensate for crappy copy. But the two things go hand in hand. If I'm preaching conversational writing, which I am, if I'm talking about storytelling to draw your readers in, which I am, and if I am for simple, clear language over complex and confusing words, which I also am, then how can I possibly ignore that the way the writing is presented has a huge impact on who is going to read it? You may have the most beautifully written copy, but if it's in yellow font and a white background, how many people are actually going to read it? You may have the best stories, but if your font is so tiny that your readers will need a magnifying glass to see it, how many people are going to take the time? And finally, if most people skim online content, as the research says that they do, and you are not using hooks to grab their attention, then you are doing your content a disservice. It's like writing a fiery, rousing speech and then mumbling it softly to yourself so that nobody can hear. Alright, now hopefully by this point, I have convinced you that formatting and presentation are important. If you don't feel like taking notes, don't worry, because I turned this podcast into an information-packed checklist for you that you can download from my website and I will put the link in the show notes. Now, every time you compose an email or make a slide deck in Canva or write a social media caption, I want you to ask yourself these things. 1. Is there enough white space around your text? Now, why is this important? That's because it gives your copy and your images space to breathe. Look at the most high-end magazines on the rack. I haven't seen a single one in print that doesn't have a ton of white space around its articles. It's luxurious because you're not using up all that space with text and images. That's also why you want to keep reading. It's inviting. So do the same with your online content and give it some breathing room. Number two, is there enough spacing between your lines? What about between your paragraphs? You want to space these out for the same reason as you want white space around your text. You want room for your copy to breathe and to stand out. Lines that are too close together do not invite the eye. Paragraphs that are the same distance away from each other as lines are also do not signal to the reader, aha, this is a new thought. So if you're using 1.5 spacing between lines, maybe do 2.5-3 line spacing for paragraphs. Number 3. Is your font big enough to read comfortably? This one is pretty obvious. You don't want your readers to have to squint to make out the words on the page. On websites, designers usually recommend that you go with size 16 font, depending on which font you choose. That's what I use on my website, by the way. Number four, 
Is there enough contrast between your font and your background? Black text on a white background is classic for a reason. It's very readable. You may want to flip it around and do white text on a black background. You can play around with it. Navy is popular too. Whatever you choose, make sure it's easy to read quickly. In addition to the color of the background, I also want to talk to you about images in the background. You know how sometimes designers will overlay text on a background image? Well, if you're doing that, you may want the image to be grayed out so it's not a jumble of colors which can be distracting. Or you may want to make the image more transparent or do the opposite and increase the opacity of the image or is it reduce the opacity of the image? What I'm talking about is either make it super light or super dark so that the text on top of it stands out. And you may want to put some thought into choosing that image because if there are too many things happening in it, the eye wants to go there instead of the text you want them to pay attention to. Number five, are your hyperlinks clearly delineated? It makes me so annoyed when they are not. Have you ever seen those websites where you don't know something is hyperlinked until you hover your mouse over it? Well, how the heck are you supposed to know which words to hover over if you don't have mind-reading powers? Don't do that, please. Make it easier for your readers. The classic color for hyperlinks is blue with an underline to further make it stand out from the rest of the text. If you have a brand palette with another color in it and you want to use that for the hyperlink, that's fine. Just as long as it's readable, it's clear, it stands out. Number six, do you use speed bumps? Yes, I am still talking about writing content and not about driving down the road. What are speed bumps in this context? They are places where you are inviting your readers to slow down and pause, pay a little extra attention. One kind of speed bump is a subheading. So if you have an informative piece of content and the content is grouped on, in, in several points, kind of like this podcast episode with its different tips, you can divide those points up under different subheads and bold them and set them off so that readers can easily see, aha, this is point number one, this is point number two. And the subheads will give the reader a very easy way to scan. Does that make sense? Another way to use speed bumps is to bold or italicize certain sentences. Now, don't overuse this strategy, otherwise it will end up looking very messy. But if you have certain lines you want to emphasize, you can bold them in your emails. I don't recommend you do this in articles or even blog posts as much because the format is different. But you can do this in emails and slide decks on Instagram. You can do this on, on your sales page as well. Another speed bump is indentation. You can set the text off so that it's not all left aligned to set it apart. Number seven, is your email or website responsive? When something is responsive, it simply means that it will look good, it's readable, no matter if you're reading it on a phone, a tablet, or a desktop. Now, most email providers and sites like WordPress or Squarespace will have this functionality built in. If not, it'll allow you to toggle between the three different kinds of views so you can check manually. You know, are your images shrinking? If they're shrinking in a narrow, like a vertical phone mode, can you actually see everything or is something important being cut off? But especially if you're creating a new template, it's really, really extra important to test it out for yourself. Because it looks awful when you have an email, for instance, that just goes on and on and on and you, are real, you realize there are approximately like 300 words in a single line. 
I used to think that this didn't happen anymore, but I recently got a submission where I could barely read the ends of the lines because it just kept on going on. And I have a 27-inch monitor, so that was incredibly annoying to read. So don't be annoying. Number eight, use numerals instead of spelling out numbers. For all the journalists among us, when you're writing online copy and business content, you want to do this even when the number is below 100 or below 10, depending on which manual of style you follow. We do this, we use numerals instead of spelling out the numbers, because it's another way to disrupt the pattern of the text. So unless the number is at the beginning of the sentence, write it out as a numeral. Number nine, are you overdoing any of these? This isn't really a separate formatting tip, it's more a consideration when you're editing your copy. Is your email a mess of fonts and sizes and colors? Then it's not going to be attractive. You want to make sure you're giving people interesting visual hooks to snag their eyes when they're scanning your copy, but you also don't want to overdo it because otherwise it'll just look like a jumbly mess. Think of the difference between going to a beautifully curated boutique versus the sales bins at department stores. In the boutique, you'll have a handful of dresses on one rack, Maybe they're sorted by color or size or style. You'll have another rack that just has pants, another rack just with tops. It's easy to see at a glance what everything is. It's appealing. It invites you to take a look, to try something on. But with the department store sales bins, you have all these boxes and all the mediums are together. And it could be tops, bottoms, hats, socks, who knows. And sometimes even the sizes get mixed up. So you're just pulling random things out and after a few minutes, you get so turned off by the whole experience, you walk out of the store because your brain cannot process that mess. So overdoing any of these formatting tips is kind of like that. You want your formatting to be like the clean boutique experience and not the messy jumble sale. Phew, that was a lot of information. If you didn't manage to catch it all, I put it in a handy guide for you, which you can get at my website at cuttingchaistories.com forward slash formatting tips. I'll say that again, cuttingchaistories.com slash formatting tips. And I will put the link in the show notes as well. If you found this episode helpful, if you know somebody who could use it, would you forward it to a friend? And if you're not already a subscriber, subscribing is absolutely free and that way you won't miss a single episode, even the bonus ones that I sometimes do between my seasons. Now, your homework for today is to look at your next draft of copy, whatever it is, and to go through this checklist one by one. Is your copy scannable? If not, download this guide so you can make it more inviting for your audience to read. Thanks for tuning in. Until I see you next Thursday, happy formatting.